Now he backed away from the water tree. Aja grasped tightly. Not long after we'd gotten here, we began hearing it. A sound as alien to us as the planet we were standing on. A planet with a giant sun and trees made of water. Now he whispered that there was something inside that tree. Something that was alive. First the trees, now the ground. We both looked down. The trembling stopped moments after it had begun. An earthquake? Finally, something familiar. Something I recognized. I felt relieved. Then I saw the ground ahead of us swell like an ocean wave and maneuver itself directly in front of us. It was so weird seeing the ground do that. So strange. I mean, I knew the ground was solid, firm. But when I saw that wave, it looked as if it were made out of water like the trees, as if it were both liquid and solid at the same time, which didn't seem possible. But yeah, that's what I was seeing. The wave stopped right in our path, a lump in the ground just sitting there. More waves, moving in from different directions. Now I and me were back to back. How many were there? Hundreds? Thousands? More? Would we be able to make them understand that we weren't there to hurt them? <laughs> or hmm, that we didn't want to be hurt by them? Of course, if they found out exactly why we were there, then they'd understand that, in fact, we were there to destroy them. Taking out their son would take away Seth's power, of course, but it would also destroy their planet. And the thing I kept trying to keep out of my head, but kept creeping right back in, was what these things might look like. I mean, what could possibly be making that sound? My mind had already jumped to the worst case scenario, of course. All the alien invasion films I'd seen up to that point suggested long tentacles with glowing eyes and several razor-sharp teeth attached to an enormous mouth. But then, after a few excruciating moments, something emerged from a tree just ahead of us. It was a head, but we couldn't see what it looked like because it was hooded. The material was dark and smooth, like a pearl. Now he took a few steps toward it and it quickly tuck back into the tree. Well, it was either shy or I thought it was going back to get its family or others to back it up. I wasn't sure at that point. And a sound. Something I wouldn't have heard normally, but the stress of that moment, being surrounded, it makes your senses more heightened, you know? Every little sound, 
a hand, dark as shadow armor, fingers outstretched, poked up through the ground like a gopher and reached for Naoi's ankle. It was like every horror movie you'd ever seen. You know, that hand reaching up through the grave? Before I could call out to her, that warrior instinct of hers kicked in and she stepped away, then swung Aja down like a hammer. But by the time the staff's tip arrived, the hand had already slipped back into the ground. Now he lifted Aja back up and I wield my shadow armor to cover my face. But as this happened, now he said, stop. And I saw Aja shrink back to a twig. I couldn't believe it. We made eye contact and she said, trust me. Against my better judgment, I lowered the armor from my face. At the same time, Naoi stooped down, extended her hand, and waited. I thought for sure that she'd stay in warrior mode. I mean, we didn't know anything about these beings. They seemed timid, but maybe that was just an act. I even thought it was possible that they could have been created by Seth. I figured the God of War would have anticipated something like this. I'm sure Naoi sensed my concern, but she didn't move from that spot. I spun around. That sound came from behind. Naoi turned as well, and the being from the water tree was in full view. Finally, I thought, someone shorter than me. I don't know why I thought that at the moment. I guess I was tired of things towering over me. Except, of course, for the miniature soldier that threw me in the ocean when we visited the living prison. But I try not to think about that, to be completely honest. So this being was like four foot five, maybe. Four foot five and change. I know I had to be at least a foot taller, and it was completely cloaked in that material I talked about earlier. You know, the dark, pearl-like material? We couldn't see any eyes or facial features through that hood. No mouth or teeth, no chin, nothing. But there was something that stood out. There was a glow that was centered at the place I'd imagine its forehead was located, if it had such a thing, and that glow was blue like the water it emerged from. And that light, it flickered every time it spoke, as if that's where the sound was coming from. And man, it just stood there, head tilted slightly, as if trying to figure out what kind of things we were. It's strange to think about the idea that we looked alien, at least in my mind. But then again, I wasn't seeing us through that alien's eyes, or whatever it was using to perceive us. As I said, it, it didn't really have eyes that I could see anyway. Now he stood up extended her hand toward the being. It was such a simple gesture, and yet 
there was something so powerful about it. I guess I just never thought Naoi would do something like this, especially in that moment. The being reached out slowly, and I just gotta say again, I was just crazy fascinated with how dark its skin was. I never thought I'd see anything as dark as shadow armor. Well, I knew about melanin, of course, the thing that gives skin its pigment and how it was there to protect us against the harmful rays of the sun. I figured that this must be something similar. How hot was it actually here? I mean, not as hot as I thought it should be with a sun that massive. The temperature I felt wasn't too cold or too hot. It was perfect. Hmm. The second Naoi's hand touched the beings, she froze. I asked if she was okay, and she nodded, but didn't say a word. Her eyes got wider and wider. Then I felt a hand on me, and before I could turn, everything that I was seeing suddenly changed. One moment, I was seeing Naoi and all the water trees surrounding us. Next moment, a split second after being touched, the landscape was completely different. Naoi, what's happening? Where are we? Naoi's form had transformed. She was somehow, in that moment, transparent. Like, I could see her outline, but none of the details. Like eyes, or a mouth, or even her woolly hair. None of it was visible. Instead, filling that outline were colors swirling around and emanating from her. It was like, like seeing an aura. I'd seen a picture online like that once. I mean, I was always skeptical about that kind of stuff, you know? But yeah, I looked it up once and I could see all these colors surrounding this lady. Colors that you couldn't see unless you had psychic power, supposedly. And that's what all this looked like to me. Blue and yellow, red and orange, so many colors. Then I raised my hand, and it was filled with colors too. This was how they saw their world. This was how they saw each other. At least, that's what Naoi and me figured. I looked at the water trees and the ground. It was like standing in the middle of one of those crazy paintings with colors blending into each other. Crazy and beautiful. Then I saw electrical strands arching upward from the ground, striking the sky. It was like lightning in reverse. The bolts were as varied in color as everything else, and they appeared to be generating some kind of dome composed of what looked like pure energy. It looked like a giant force field and it surrounded everything. 
Being the geek that I was back then, and continue to be, by the way, I thought about how the Earth's magnetic field protected us from solar radiation. How the planet itself guarded us against the craziness and unpredictability of outer space. I imagined that this was something very similar. This must have been why it wasn't as hot as it should have been. Why there was life in a place where it shouldn't have existed. A biology teacher once told me that life finds a way. And this, in my mind, was a prime example. Then the being moved its hand away and the vision was gone. Everything went back to normal and I wished in that moment that I could have spent more time seeing things through their eyes. Now he looked as stunned as I felt. They asked me if we were from the sun. Now he hadn't actually heard those words. It was more like she felt them. At least that's how she explained it. Feeling words? I don't know. Now he said she pictured our neighborhood, pictured our house, pictured everything she could about the planet in her head. She knew at a gut level that they would understand this. And it made sense. I mean, showing us what they showed us meant that they were already inside our heads. So they should have been able to see anything we imagined, right? I thought about Auk in that moment and how he was able to break into my mind. How he used his power to scare and intimidate those that he attacked. But for these beings, I think this ability was purely a form of communication. Perhaps this was how they talked to aliens who dropped in, and if this were true, it meant that we may not have been the first ones they talked to. More aliens began emerging. Some rose up from the ground, pushed up by some invisible force. Others stepped out of surrounding trees. I can't be sure how many there were. Hundreds? Maybe thousands? They were all spread out and I could see some watching us from quite a distance away. I think they understand, now he said. We weren't from the sun, which meant that we weren't a threat. That's what Naui meant by them understanding. I wondered if whatever came from Seth's star was still here. Obviously, if they were asking if we were from there, they must have had some kind of contact with them. Were they like Seth's soldiers? Had they fought the tribe when they'd come here to destroy the star in the first place? Who were these things from the sun? Well, first we'd have to find this weapon or whatever it was that they used to take the sun out in the first place. I mean, what did it look like and where exactly was it? I wasn't sure how big this planet was, but even if it was small, we just didn't have the time to search it. We'd have to find this weapon as quickly as possible. 
Now he reached out again. This time she was going to picture a pyramid from New Nubia in her mind. There was a good chance that whatever weapon this was, it may have been stored in a place like this. Wait, I said, and she paused. What if they were somehow able to see the purpose of this weapon when she showed them? I wasn't about to assume that they wouldn't have knowledge of such a weapon. Maybe they would have destroyed it by now, and showing them what Naoi was going to show them would somehow tell them why we were there. I felt guilty for thinking this, but at the same time, we were there for a specific purpose. Then I thought about just telling them the truth and offering them safe passage to our planet. But how many were there, and how would they even be able to survive on our planet? And, by the way, they probably wouldn't have wanted to come anyway. I mean, this was their home. Imagine someone coming to our world and telling us the same thing. How would we react? Sacrifice seems like such a noble thing, right up until the moment you are the one being asked to sacrifice. Now he took in what I said. We'd have to take the risk, was her only response. Maybe there was a way to get what we wanted and somehow preserve the life on this amazing planet. Maybe not, but we weren't going to know anything until we first found this weapon. Naoi touched the being and immediately froze again. She stood like this for a while, and just as I was preparing to snatch her into the air away from these beings, she took her hand away and smiled. It took a while for them to understand that particular shape in the way that Naoi saw it. They obviously saw things quite differently, but once they understood it, they said they knew where it was, but could only take us so far. This was because the creatures from the sun surrounded it. Great, <laughs> more monsters. I asked Naoi if she thought they understood why we were there, and she said she wasn't sure. She didn't sense distrust or anger, just this feeling of intense curiosity and openness. They wanted to know more about the planet we were from, about the strange places they'd seen in Naoi's mind. They wanted to understand. And you might have noticed that I keep using the word they. That was because the communication from these beings seemed to be coming from them all at once. But wait, wait, it wasn't that. It, it's hard to explain, really. They communicated as one, one mind. But at the same time, they were independent of each other. In other words, they had their own thoughts, too. Could both be true? A group of them guided Naoi and me to a water tree and motioned for us to follow them inside. 
Okay, so how long would this trip take? Would I be able to hold my breath for that long? Then I remembered the shadow armor. It could act as like a scuba gear. Hopefully, it would help us to breathe for as long as it took to get to this place. But how would diving into this tree take us to where we needed to go? I paused and one of the beings seemed to be able to read the hesitation in my face. It tilted its head, then used its dark finger to trace along the tree and across the ground into the distance. Then it took me by the hand, and I kind of understood what Naoi meant about feeling their words. It would all be okay, or at least that's the feeling I got when the being touched me. Naoi, holding hands with two of the beings, walked up to the water tree. The beings tilted their heads until the tips of their hoods were touching the liquid. That liquid began surging in different directions, and a split second later, Naoi and the beings were sucked inside. Then it occurred to me, if I wasn't touching Naoi, I couldn't shield her with my shadow armor. Instead of waiting for the two nearest beings to guide me inside the tree, I hurriedly pulled them toward it. I'm certain that they could sense my panic, and I again felt this sense that everything was going to be okay. But it wasn't going to be until I could see that Naoi was safe. The beings tilted their heads into the tree and suddenly rushing. It happened so fast I didn't get a chance to raise my armor. Everything blew, but it wasn't murky, super clear. Maybe this was what it was like to be a bullet fired out of a pistol. I held my breath for as long as I could, which wasn't very long at all. Adrenaline was coursing through every vessel in my body. I had to breathe, and when I did, I exhaled water through my nostrils, and I wasn't drowning. It felt natural, like breathing liquid air. I wondered if I suddenly had acquired gills. You know, what fish use to breathe underwater, but I didn't feel any different. I was just able to breathe water, or at least this water, and it seemed somehow cleaner to me than, than air. Now he was okay, but of course, I couldn't be completely relieved until I actually saw her. Accelerating downward, deeper and deeper. And as we plunged, the light faded. But I could see tiny dots of blue light whipping past from the opposite direction as well as passing us on either side. Some of the lights seemed to branch off in different directions. It was like a, a liquid highway and these lights they were other beings transporting themselves to different parts of the planet who knows how many paths or highway off ramps if you will there were in this place 
All I can tell you was that it was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. Suddenly we were level and accelerating even faster, swerving left and right. It was jarring, then upwards. How far away was this place? Just as the thought entered my mind, I was suddenly standing on solid ground once more. Now he was a few feet away. The beings around her had already backed off. There was a clearing just up ahead of us, and there weren't any water trees there. It was desolate, kind of like the place we first arrived in. And in the distance, not too far away, was a crumbling pyramid that looked like it might have been older even than the planet itself. The enormous sun had begun to set and the light was quickly fading. We both turned and saw the beings disappearing back into the tree. They moved rather quickly and we didn't even get a chance to thank them. But when we turned back toward the pyramid, we suddenly understood why they moved the way they did. What first appeared to be burning ashes swirling above the pyramid had descended to the ground and took form. Giant claws attached to massive paws and hind legs. As it formed, the first thing I thought of was a giant tiger because that's what its body looked like. A tiger completely composed of golden fire. Now he stepped in front of me and said, Awake! Other fire tigers began emerging from inside and behind the pyramid. As I willed my shadow armor to cover my face, I noticed one more thing. Instead of a head, these creatures had swirling void like black holes, or at least what I imagined a black hole to be. Suddenly, I could feel an invisible force dragging me toward them. On November 12th, we fight.